We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from that big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to Bet Online and open an account today to get in on their $100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. That's right, I said $100,000 and March 15th. You don't need to be hardcore to get in on the action, and with multiple entries available, it's the season's best chance to cash in. And remember, the NBA and the XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is a place to be for all your betting needs. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner, Bet Online, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign-up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the Wombo Combo Podcast. I'm Break CPK, joined by BSJ as always. And yeah, it's good to be back. Obviously, a tsunami stepping in for my shoes last week. Uh, the big shout out to him for, for doing so. It sounds like I had a lot of fun having some good discussion there, a little bit a little bit different discussion, which was uh, great to listen to. So, uh, but happy to be back. Definitely more Dota 2 to talk about and excited uh, to get going with. But BSJ, first things first, how you doing, man? I'm okay, you know, feeling a little under the weather, but uh, oh. all good here, you know, still able to function as a human being, so that works out, but a lot of, a lot of fresh stuff this week, uh, obviously not much with tournament-wise, but uh, a lot of things that affect the casual player, so I'm looking forward to, to talking about that. Yeah, that's, uh, of course, you're getting into the, the whole regional league announcement that'll be taking place next season officially for the DPC. So we certainly plan to talk about that, uh, as well as even previewing the minor. That's, uh, of course, going to be coming up. In fact, I believe it starts on Thursday of this week. So those eight teams going to be competing, of course, for the ultimate one spot to then qualify for the major. That is ESLLA. So uh, we'll be doing that as well. But, uh, you know, before we start to get into that discussion, I, I figure kind of just a side topic thing almost, but 
I, I so it sounds like you're under the weather there. That's sorry to hear. Hopefully, doing better. Um, I personally am coming from traveling to a couple of events myself. I was actually at DreamHack the week before. Uh, then I went to uh, PAX East uh, just this last weekend as well. So I've been uh, doing a bit of travel in there and. Thankfully, <laughs> I feel good. Uh, you know, going to those conventions and events, you never really know how you're going to feel after them. But uh, I will say a lot of cleaning, a lot of hand cleaning, a lot of hand sanitizer and stuff. Of course, uh, what's going on recently uh, with the with the with the coronavirus. Um, of course, of course. But uh, that also leads into it kind of ties in here a little bit because just this last weekend, in fact, um, ESL Katowice was announced that the the people that were supposed to be there watching the crowd for their CSGO, a big major that was taking place. It was just announced that unfortunately uh, the country actually made, made the announcement. It was the mayor of the city or whatever, but either way that they did not want a masses, you know, they did not want a lot of people together uh, within a stadium like that. So, the event still went on. However, the crowd was no longer able to attend. Um, it, it's kind of, you know, moments like that that happen. And it, it's, you kind of just realize that, you know, life sometimes does get in the way. And it's unfortunate, but obviously it is a very serious issue going on right now. Uh, we don't even know necessarily the, the whole extent of it. Just, yeah, we're still learning new stuff every day. But the point is, um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how things continue to develop. And, of course, what I'm really specifically getting at is ESL LA. That is later on this month. The major Three about three weeks from now is when it's set to happen. I'm going to attend it. I'm that's the plan, at least. I know you're, uh, I believe, you're talent for it, right? Yeah, yeah, I'll be paneling a bit and casting a bit for that event. So, I guess, I guess where the soul is leading, you know, it's interesting to know, you know, we don't know. I mean, you hope that everything's gonna happen and everything will be fine in the end, but you really don't know, right? So, I, I'm, I'm actually kind of curious, VSJU, and how, uh, what, what is your interpretation of everything that's going on? And are you worried at all? Or are you just kind of going with the flow kind of get? Um, I mean, I am just a go with the flow kind of guy. I, I, there's, we all get weirdly anxious about different things, I think. And for me, whatever reason, if I just have absolutely no control over whether or not it can be different, I just don't worry about it. So, I'm prepared to deal with it either way it goes but for me i'm under the impression no matter what i'll be at the event it just means that you know they might have to do the canceling of spectators that would be really tragic simply because we haven't had a north american land and i do have a bunch of friends including even my roommate that uh will be going out to the event and it'd be just a fun time to catch up with all the people around the country that play dota but uh other than that aspect, you know, whatever needs to be done needs to be done. So if it happens, it happens. Things will work out. But um, I'm more so even concerned about like Chinese teams getting visas or anything yeah. like that. Like I, I'm more concerned to make sure the players get there. Um, and that's in and of itself is a discussion. But uh, when it comes down to traveling and stuff, I just want to say that it is exhausting. <laughs> Yes. I've had a like even last week, Complexity uh, flew me. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm partnered and sponsored by them. They flew me out for a day just to go shoot like a little YouTube series that they're doing. And I'm like, cool. you know, I'll do it. Like, you know, I love working with you guys or whatever. And I just realized traveling is exhausting. So at least I'm only for L.A. It's, you know, right there <laughs> yeah. rather than uh, being anywhere else. But I know you can relate from the caster talent life that. Sometimes it just takes a toll, and I believe I'm just exhausted is why I got sick. 
I, I sure. think that's I think that's why. So it's a good problem to have, though, you know, keep him keep him busy and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Traveling is part of it. We've had that discussion before. You guys obviously even talked about it last week's show as well. I mean, it's just it is part of the gig, but, uh, you know, it's good, good to have a problem like that. So, yeah. I mean, I, I am with you, though, the idea, like like I said, I, I just traveled to two different events from the West Coast to the East Coast. And it, the idea, I understand why there's the, the worry, of course, but it really just goes back to, man, just just wash your hands, you know, be, be sanitary. Yeah. That, that That's like the biggest thing. And be smart. Yeah. Be smart about it. That, that and that, that that's the biggest thing to keep in mind so you know personally I, i'm not worried about going to the event but you do bring up a very good point that actually the visa issues and especially of course coming from china and how this could delay things as far as the entry to the country i don't know i i heard recently that there even was a china to usa uh as far as uh people coming over from China, getting to the USA, there was some kind of ban recently because of the virus. So I don't know the official status on that uh, as a follow-up, but I know there's like that whole 14 day quarantine something along those lines. So yeah, that's, it is a really, really interesting point to bring up. Um, and, I, and I'm sure we'll hear more development as we get closer. Cause like I said, the event is the March 20th is when it's set to start. Uh, that, and that's for the playoff stage. So the event itself is even starting earlier on that week. Uh, so we really have, I mean, within the next week, we're, we're probably going to learn something I'm sure when it comes to what's going to happen, but y- you hope that everything works out in the end, but I don't know the way things are going, a whole cancellation of people attending a big major, like the CSGO event, GDC game development conference in San Francisco, getting flat out canceled, a really big event in the, in the computer gaming world slash just a development world. So I guess you just don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, that's, that's about all I got for that one. I'm ready to talk about more exciting things, right? Even though yeah. <laughs> it, it does, it does need to be talked about. I'm not just like trying sure. to shut it down, but, uh, Let's uh we don't have to be all doom and gloom here. We can we can uh we can talk about some exciting stuff that people, you know, maybe help them forget about their problems for a bit. So uh <laughs> I don't wanna I'm usually not the segue guy, but oh, I think free. everyone does want to hear both of our opinions on on the regional leagues coming out next year. Cause there has been it has been like a hot topic. You know, people such as Heen, as well as other tier one coaches or professional players or staff have expressed their concerns and i think it is quite it's a huge change so whether or not it's good or bad i think it also is in the eye of the beholder you know some people really appreciate it some people tier one teams may not um do you what are your initial thoughts on on that my initial thoughts so seeing the actual blog post and the idea of this whole regional leagues my initial thoughts is this is great, right? Like, you know, this this is a conversation that you and I have had ourselves on many of these episodes. We've been having for years in general amongst the scene. The development of uh, – so so two kind of things I feel like got answered to extent, at least from at first glance. You know, the development of the amateur scene, there's a lot more opportunity now for the lesser teams, a Tier 2, Tier 3, whatever you want to call them, to actually have a chance to compete against the best of the best on a somewhat more consistent basis and really give themselves – a, a pretty a much better shot we'll say than uh than in the past dbc seasons but uh also just more of a kind of a flow i think is important too just it just the flow of this idea it's what it lasts over a six-week period i believe and for the six-week period you know you're playing a couple of series uh, two to three series even throughout the week uh against one of the other teams within your division you play ultimately every other team uh in your division so 
I, I kind of like the flow idea of how it kind of keeps moving along. So both as a player, knowing that you have that one to two matches a week, and as a spectator, there's there's matches every day. But between the lower and upper divisions of all these different regions, it's going to be a lot of content to absorb. So I I I think those two factors were definitely kind of answered here with the introduction of the regional league. So in that aspect, I think it was uh, my, my reaction was actually pretty positive. I, I like seeing it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would say for someone in my bracket, you know, tier three players ish that have struggled ever making money and competitive. This is fantastic, especially at N.A., easy twenty two thousand dollars for, you know, <laughs> Uh, top eight teams, you know, not to bash on NA as we always do, but, uh, you know, certain regions may have a tougher time being in the top eight than in North America. Uh, the main concerns that we I heard is just like that the point distribution is equal across all the boards for all the regions. So like being fifth place in NA is just as many points as being fifth place in Europe uh, for the DPC. Um, on top of that, some of my main concerns were the fact that uh, they like if you don't make top, I believe eight at the major. Yeah. Top eight at the major, you are gaining no money or DPC points on top of what you made for being in the league. Some, some may say um, that you benefit from that in the sense that you made money going there in the first place. But what if you were like a tier two team last year that, you know, you make your $24,000 for qualifying and then you get, you go, to this event and you just spent like a week or two at the event and you made zero dollars, you know, as someone who does this for a living, that could be a big concern for me. Um, I think it's also just, I don't want to say it's like a slap in the face. You know, some people say, Hey, you get to play against good teams or whatever. It's like, you just spent a week at an event. You traveled somewhere, possibly across the world and you made zero dollars. Something about that seems really funky to me. Um, I also want to note that the majors are, uh, I believe, the same prize pool as they were this year, and there's only five, three of them instead of five. So effectively, they have taken a decent chunk of money out of the major itself, or just like the season itself, and they've redistributed it, but this also hurts the tier one teams. So I'm not going to lie. I think the biggest problem with this entire thing is if they have this consistent league, which I think you mentioned is a good thing, which I agree with, meaning, you know, it's not just a heavy dose of Dota at once and then you never see competitive again for another two months. I think there's some benefit, like some beauty to that. But at the same time, I think it's like I personally don't want to invest 40 hours and three days trying to watch Dota, you know, or whatever. I'd rather kind of just sporadically tune in. That, that's that's my personality. But also, um, if you're going to do this consistent stream or consistent season, for the love of God, put a damn battle pass in there, please. Uh, not only for people to have motivation to watch or like interest in watching, you know, you could they can do all the where you bet battle pass points on the winner, all that kind of stuff but also because you're taking money out of the scene like you are. And the fact is you will just inject money. And like, I think a lot of the concerns people have could be addressed by simply making the crowd more interested by giving you a battle pass and making the teams get more money. Like everyone's a winner there. So I, I hate to say it, but the one my make or break is if they had a battle pass, I think this entire structure will flow beautifully. I think if they don't, 
there's going to be a lot of people that are upset with the lack of money and a lot of people will kind of just lose interest uh in these games because hmm. at the end of the day they do need to be invested somehow and if they're watching the ninth best team in north america with nothing that other than just watching them i don't think a lot of people will do that will actually watch or be interested so uh that is my uh, that makes or break that, that's all i can say if they don't do a battle pass i'll be very upset sure okay so so a couple of rebuttals i guess i have to that is so on the battle pass aspect Look, I, I think in a perfect world, yeah, having a battle pass for every major and every kind of cycle, six-week cycle, whatever of this, would into the major would, would be great, right? But there's, I feel like there's a reason why Valve hasn't been just doing battle passes every major, you know? And there's what one aspect of it is that it's it's work. It's not like they it's not like they snap their fingers and all of a sudden they got a battle pass with all this product in it and it's good to go. Right. There is actually work behind the scenes that is required to create set ideas, whether it's the cosmetics or just the, the fun games that are included. And there's more of the, the lesser uh, things that are that would be worked on. You'd figure like the whole betting system that they could just rehash. Sure. Uh, but there is still work involved. Now, I'm not making an excuse for Valve on that end, but it. it, it is something that is involved on their end as well um there is also the argument i guess you could make of if we're constantly having a battle pass throughout the season for all these majors and all these you know these cycles whatever you want to call them then it may overdo it so people may just get burnt out with it to an extent and it, you know maybe over time they they feel like Val's perspective is we we don't want to burn people out with just all these battle passes and the satur oversaturation of this content coming in I, I i guess i don't know how i feel about that personally I, I i could see that especially being somebody that's worked behind the scenes not not on dota by any means but in another game and here's another course I, I could see that as being a business decision not wanting to over saturate with just constantly doing this whole battle pass idea to help fund and to help uh get the interest in but yeah in a perfect world i i think having the battle pass support would be nice and to hey we, we don't know i mean th this isn't unless they unless i miss something somewhere i i they could do battle passes this isn't like this is 100 percent everything that's going to happen next season and nothing else is going to be added you figure they may have, may have suggested that if they were, but I guess it is still p potentially possible um, to happen if that's the case. But um, so as far as that that goes, that that would be my kind of looking for Valve's perspective as to, as to why maybe they may not do it in the end. Um, my brief rebuttal on that is that they made a battle pass that's actually really good and in depth for Underlords, which has like ten percent <laughs> of the player base or less of Dota. So if you if they can take time out of their day to do that, you know what? Like, come on, don't be stupid. Yeah, like, but OK, like, like different. So uh, okay. every game, Fortnite, you know, like all these popular games, they have something fresh that makes people want sure. to be motivated to play the game because they're rewarded in some way. And I think Dota really does lack that. I think the reward factor of Dota is probably one of its few shortcomings. And I, I think that. You know, I can't accept any other excuse than if like if they were to talk about it publicly, the only thing I would accept is we are lazy, so we are not going to do it. Like <laughs> that is the only reason. Like you can't tell me people won't spend money on TI battle passes. Somebody in chat said that. Please refer to the three like the two or three years that they had majors 
and there was a battle pass for all of those and look at the TI prize pool. Please refer to set evidence that people will not do that. Um, I personally just think, you know, Dota's just such a niche and beautiful community. And I said this was going to be short, but I this truly is something where I'm not discrediting what you're saying because there is a lot of like it's not easy thing to do, but I will always implore or not. Implore, I will always be steadfast in the fact that Dota is an amazing game that like the community is one of a kind, the type of loyalty you have to this game that please like it's, it's valve's baby. Please take care of it. Like, please, for the love of God, just do what needs to be done to keep this game alive. Cause all the people that play it want it to be, whether or not they've turned into a spectator or not. Mm-hmm. And I will accept no excuse other than we are lazy that this does not happen. Like something like this. I think that this seasonal thing is a huge step in the right direction in terms of motivating like a tier three scene for the future. You know, I think it's something we won't see the effects of being beneficial until like three or four years from now at the very least, which also makes me kind of upset that it didn't happen earlier because um, we'd already be feeling the effects of it now where maybe more people were able to take time like away from jobs in order to try to commit to Dota. Cause even though it's not like a full salary, you are making 20 grand a year rather than zero, you know? Um, but that, that's my major thing is this season's thing tells me that they're trying to make Dota have some longevity to it. And the, what I'm telling that I think they need to do is all about promoting that longevity from the viewer perspective. Cause as long as there's people watching the game, it will always be a game. And that is something where that matters to me a lot, not only because I make like a living doing this, but also I just love Dota. So, and I know tons of people watching as well as just people who play just love Dota. And it's something obviously I'm passionate about, but you know, I'm not trying to, you gave all the reasons that they wouldn't. And I think you're giving a pretty accurate you know, perspective from theirs, if they weren't to do it, why they wouldn't. But I would hear all of those explanations and have them be spewed out in the words of we are lazy and we don't want to do it. So <laughs> fair. that is, that is fair. what I, that's how I would hear it. You know, I would listen and that's how I would hear it. <laughs> rant or whatever you want to call it over. Yeah, no, I, I again, I, I, I do see where you're coming from, definitely. And, and I and I tend to actually agree with you. It's just playing more of the devil's advocate there as far as what Valve's probably thinking. But uh, you're right. I mean, obviously, as a spectator and a consumer in that sense, I would I, w- I would appreciate as much as possible to be entertained and drawn in, uh, certainly, when it comes to the scene. So um, go, go, kind of moving on, though, as far as uh, but sticking yes. with uh, the, the regional league, the, the idea of the – I do like the – the idea that we have the both this upper division and the lower division and uh, and a lot of the matches in that it kind of it gives it more of like this regular season feel and i and i think again we kind of talked about this before too where leading into majors and stuff we almost it's unfortunate because the qualifiers happen uh, a, a while in the past and then leading into it's just the, the flow of them sometimes just really aren't the best and I feel like having this season where especially every team plays a, another uh, throughout it, it'll it'll create a better storyline in a sense going into the actual major it'll, it'll treat it as more of an actual playoff really I mean hell the 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 divisions 
they go to a point where it basically turns into the playoffs for the major anyways, if I'm not mistaken. So um, I, I, I think I, it goes back to that. I believe this is perhaps what Valve was definitely going for and trying to accomplish here and kind of, you know, looking at traditional sports too, where it's this whole regular season that leads into then the playoff aspect of said big event. Um, I, I like that. I like that idea. So uh, I am excited for that. I, the whole saturation of, of a lot of matches, yes, it might be too many to an extent, but I also think we have to wait and see how the whole studio broadcasts work, right? Like, how is that going to be sorted out? How is that going to be or Which studios are going to cover which? And how are the studios really going to step in now and given this opportunity to what what are they going to do with, with all of this content and all this coverage and make it entertaining for the viewers uh, to watch and appreciate as well? So. That, I guess, the creativity aspect that that Valve's almost giving BTS, you know, RU Hub, like all of these studios out there to have fun with, I think is actually a really cool idea. And, uh, you know, you'd hope that they would step up to that challenge now and make sure that they make the best of it. And dare I say, you know, create their, I, like, I don't know what the restrictions would be, but create their own sort of battle pass uh, within the studios that people could support via the the studios themselves by making purchases on whatever in-game cosmetics i don't know i guess that's maybe a little bit extreme but stuff like that could be fun to uh, uh to see, I, but... yeah it definitely will promote you know like what company wants to do the most high production people will watch the qualifiers you know even people like my roommate who loves to cast dota on the side uh you know he's talked about potentially just being full-time trying to cast the league and making that his like channel a regular place for people to watch i do think this not only promotes the players for tier three but also maybe the tier two tier three casting scene it definitely gives people a lot more chances to uh be very regular in it rather than just being sporadically you know whether or not they get invited to an event deciding if they can do the job you know uh, mm-hmm. uh that that's something that i like as well um but when it comes down to everything about these leagues the main issue i heard that was also brought up is that if you are seventh or eighth place you get dropped down to the lower division and then uh, this is more important to me in regions like eu that are highly competitive where seventh and eighth could not be very large of a skill difference between sixth and uh you are then put to the lower division and then to get back to the upper division you have to make top two of the lower division which is fine, but what the problem is is you can't make it to the major if you are in the lower division. So in the first, say there's three majors, and in the first cycle you get seventh in your group, you're dropped down to the lower division, and you can't even make the second major. So suddenly teams that could be very high quality not only miss the first major, but they have no chance of making the second one. It means you, you need to have a really good start to the to Yeah, the I mean, it yeah. just seems really punishing um, and really harsh. Like, I don't even want to say harsh as in, like, you know, just step it up and get it done. But um, to be – I think you should have, like, a qualifier to the upper division rather than just saying one – like, have the two teams in the lower division – Oh, you could even have it where the bottom four of the upper division and the top four of the lower division have, like – a bracket you know where they all play like a single elimination relegation matches basically yeah yeah yeah, like something like that um rather than just straight up saying the eighth place team in the upper division is worse than the second place team 
um, in the lower division. I just mm-hmm. think that that's very punishing in a way that's not constructive for teams to grow. Um, I feel like that'll just cause a lot of disbands and shit that shouldn't happen um, because of that. Um, a lot of the top teams have even said, you know, like, that's pretty brutal. Like, what, you know, what if, uh, you know, they're obviously trying to stop people from changing teams and we're obviously trying to make it so people don't skip majors that, you know, because of that punishing system. But at the same time, there has to be a fine balance. So I can only hope that Valve kind of listens to everything that people are saying as well as what we're talking about and maybe yeah. releases a slight tweak before the upcoming season. Uh, I hope this isn't their absolute final draft, you know, foot in the sand or draw the line in the sand. It's done. You know, that kind of thing. I, I hope they don't do that. So that's my kind of last thought on the regional. That is it. Cause they even just take an example, obviously it's a different format and everything, but to give that, the European major qualifiers for this last major qualifier, the seventh and eighth teams were Alliance and OG Seed. So yeah, uh, Alliance would have then had to play a whole nother. I, I'm I'm totally with you with the whole relegation match. I didn't even notice that yeah. until you brought that up. But yeah, looking at that now, that part of it, sir, yeah, rele- I I don't know why you wouldn't do a relegation match. It's done in many other esports titles, let alone traditional yeah. sports, even uh, when it comes to league play. So that does seem very harsh, certainly. Um, but it, it, it's it is funny to think though. But again, we don't know what new season's going to be like either. And obviously, teams may well, are going to take this into consideration when choosing their regions. Especially, it's going to make it that much more important at the beginning of the season. But you'd figure Europe is going to be the one that uh, could potentially be have, be most impacted by this. Uh, certainly. So, yeah. Uh, and the the one last point about the. Some of the teams not being the, the happiest when it comes to the prize pool distribution and everything and not as much money to go around for throughout the majors, especially at the higher end. Like, obviously, I get where they're coming from, but I frankly, if it means sacrificing that for the sake of helping to develop and helping to fund the lesser teams like this format does, I'm all for it. And I go back to as well, you have TI at the end of the day. Like, TI, and th- th- this whole format makes TI that much of a bigger deal, right? When it comes to obviously it the does. money, especially. So, because, um, yeah, I mean, it's TI is always the biggest deal every year. But when you have $5 million tournaments and five $300,000 tournaments guaranteed throughout the season, and we've had even more in the past seasons, obviously. It does take away a little bit from what truly TI means, but I think th- this season and this is what Valve is going for, and I am all for that Super Bowl feel ideal. Uh, that hey, it's all about if you want to truly make money, it's one get a good contract with your team, and two win TI or do very well at TI. And as a viewer, as a somebody that is excited for the health of the scene moving forward, I think that's actually the way to go. I just all I know is this is to me a rough draft. If it isn't, that's concerning. Like I think they're on the right track, but uh, I you know I'll just say a lot of last time. I think you make good points. I just you know I, I they, they can't ignore the concerns that have been brought up because I think a lot of them are valid, and mm-hmm. I think um, that having that Super Bowl feeling to Ti is fine, but also you have to like. You can't lose the cap. You can't lose your captive audience over the course of the year and just have them come back. I don't think that that's a healthy scene where 
most Dota people just kind of tune out and then come back and watch TI, and that's it. I don't think that that's good. I guess like in every sport, like Super Bowl, there's a lot of people that never watch football throughout the course of the year, and they'll have a Super Bowl party or whatever. But I don't think Dota will work the same way as that. So I don't think that that's overall a good thing. So I want there to be a ton of emphasis on TI, but I also want teams as well as people to think it matters for more than just getting to ti that you do well in these leagues mm-hmm. so yeah maybe that is why they also announced this honestly really early i mean here we are at the beginning of march and they're announcing the next season which begins when let me double check uh, october 5th this doesn't even start until october 5th of later this year so to your point that i'm sure they are taking some input and if there's stuff that they really notice like perhaps a relegation match idea they're going to be like okay yeah we realized we should do this now so um yeah, definitely can develop, and we'll see. But it is—it's—it's kind of—it was obviously exciting news. Uh, we didn't necessarily expect it, at least yet. But it came out, and uh, looking forward to down the line. That—that's a ways away, but hey, it'll be here before you know it, kind of deal, right? So absolutely cool to see it constantly developing. All right, speaking of this season, though, that we are still in, uh, the Starlighter Miner does uh, start this uh, this Thursday, I believe. I said, yeah. So it starts on yeah March fifth. So. That would be this Thursday, and it goes through the weekend, of course. That, As always with the minor, the team's vying for that number one spot to not only get the most prize pool, but ultimately qualify for the ESL Los Angeles Major. Um, eight teams going in. It's the Star Ladder in Kiev, Ukraine. Uh, one kind of decent uh, roster news update. Uh, the Fighting Pandas actually uh, changing a bit of the roster. Eternal Envy and Snaking announcing that they're stepping down from the team. Uh, in a tweet earlier, or last week, excuse me, I should say. And as a result of that, Skitter and Keizu are actually stepping in. I believe this is a temporary thing, but you got Skitter and Keizu stepping in. Brile, Aoi, and Mumien are, of course, making up the rest of the squad. But that that was one of those, like, okay, we didn't necessarily see this coming. You know, especially right after you qualify for the minor and potential major qualifier to come. But... We haven't heard an announcement yet on where Snake King and Eternal Envy are going. Uh, they were apparently going to announce it <laughs> this weekend, but Snake King then pulled back in a later tweet saying, okay, turns out we're going to announce it later on in the week. Still hasn't been announced. By the time you hear this podcast, maybe it will be, but that's the update there. But uh, what was your take, uh, Mr. N.A. Dota, on uh, hearing about this? Um, did you ever play like Super Smash Bros. or any other game where like you jump on top of somebody and it's like called goombaing them have you ever heard that where like you you know like like in the old super mario games yeah. you jump on top of goomba and i know what it is off. but I, I guess i yeah. haven't necessarily heard of that phrase i wasn't yeah. sure if that was a phrase that like a lot of my friends used or if that's like a commonality you know like a common colloquial phrase but i think of envy's career as taking two tier two tier three players and just goombaing off of them you know like just you know using them as a way to launch his own interest you know that's all he sees them as and eventually he's going to step on them and jump off you know that, that's what he's going to do uh what i mean is you know as much as i honestly love what eternal envy brings to the scene you know the 50 50s the personality he's truly one of a kind human being I can't believe people still team up with this guy. I cannot believe it. Like he just steps all over them and then ditches the second something better presents itself. Like, I, I mean, what happened was, you know, the speculation is that Eternal Envy and Snaking, this is not speculation. They got followed by the owner of C9 on Twitter. Um, Again. So, 
Yeah, so it's like the uh, the speculation, which is almost certainly true, but I, you know, if it isn't, so be it, is that they're going to C9. Um, I mean, I, God, man, I just can't imagine teaming up with somebody and being like, just, oh, we qualify to do an event up, see ya. Like, you know, uh, um, they did get an upgrade. You know, it is two European players rather than uh, American players. The one team that actually has five American players on it is uh, no longer the case. That was. Uh, you know, I guess the realization took them this long to know if they have five American players, it's probably not going to work out. Uh, but all my bashing aside, uh, you know, I think Moonmander, I think Moonmander can still pull it together. I think Kezu is a strong leader, so he'll bring a nice voice to the team when I know Bryle is not very vocal. Um, I've heard interesting things about Skeeter, so in terms of like skill, but also like the way he is in a team setting. So I'm, I'm definitely fascinated to see how that plays out uh personality wise i know that moon meander is definitely a very strong personality so i'm you know i'm always curious when i i know skeeter is as well whether or not those collide or work together in a beneficial way we'll find out at the minor uh you know i just once again waiting to see which european or chinese team wins the minor and uh, <laughs> aside from that uh yeah that's my comments on the minor. I'm, I'm going with Alliance. I think uh, they're the favorites in my mind to, to make it to the major. But I would also say that uh, they are not out of reach of being upset. I think Alliance is one of the more predictable Tier 1, Tier 2 teams. Um, I'd say they're on the like more of the upper end of the Tier 2 side, uh, meaning that maybe if one of these teams manages to figure them out, uh, they might be able to take them down. Uh, other than that, yeah. Uh, whenever I see the minor, I talked about it last time we had our podcast right before the minor. I'm always waiting to see what you know these teams that we don't hear too much about getting a chance to prove themselves. Kind of expecting, like I said, the the two or three best teams we think are going in to win, and uh, always some fun Dota that isn't exactly tier one. You know, you get to see there were some slot. I, I I say sloppy. They're just not clean, but the sloppy Dota can be very entertaining, very fun to watch. Uh, so I think there's that nice, uh, what do you call it? Like entertainment value to that, that comes from only going to a minor. Uh, so I, yeah, that, I think that's good for me on the minor. I like, <laughs> I don't want to sound like I'm not excited, but I do believe that the miners have become a yeah. David versus Goliath story. Sure. And it kind of makes sense why they're getting rid of them uh, next year for me. Yeah. No, I was going to bring that up if you didn't exactly. Next season, as we know in our previous discussion, they're getting rid of the miners. And yeah, I, I think it's for the better, um, with especially with what they're replacing it with. But again, for, for the minor that we have right here, uh, it would be silly to, to not agree there that, yes, Alliance, I think, has to hands down be the ultimate favorite team. Aster in a close second, perhaps. But. Uh, I, I'll say Gambit. Uh, give a little bit of love they to Gambit. Distance. Certainly. Yeah. They, it wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing ever to see them uh, win this minor and qualify for the major here. But, um, yeah, outside of that, uh, you know, maybe maybe not as much uh, potential there. So um, as far as the Fighting Panda situation, hey, I'm excited to see Keizu on, on a team. I'm a good buddy of mine, and he's always a, a positive streamer as well to watch. So, uh, like you said, when it comes to his leadership role, definitely uh, – 
granted they have Aoi as well as Moomiander already, so I don't know how much that necessarily that, that'll kick in. But I'm sure some great minds will come together there and uh, think of some, some good drafts and everything, so it'll be fun to watch them and see how they perform uh, at the uh, at the Starletter Minor. But yeah, I guess so with Eternal Envy and Snaking, that's that's definitely one of the more exciting things to see where that finds or see where that leads and I, you know, I was gonna say BSJ. There's, there's rumors of the potential roster, and I know your name was even uh, thrown out there <laughs> a little bit. But was, after, after hearing you there, I, I guess. Uh... <laughs> Sadly, it's always just memes. Uh, you know, I, that it, I, th- I kind of enjoy it that somehow it gets thrown into the mix, no matter what, and some of the players just really embrace it. Uh, you know, part of me also wonders. You know, I, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge about Dota, and you know, I did grind my way back to a pretty high rank. So kind of yeah. like, to me, it's kind of funny that I get memed on still about that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I kind of enjoy it. So uh, I'm like, I don't really understand why it still happens fully. <laughs> but kind of like when I got the Charlon Qua situation, I'm like, I don't really know how I got all this attention that was kind of started as negative and turned into positive. I Like, I don't calculate these things or try to make them happen. They kind of just do. So uh, I've just learned to go with it. And I can tell you that there was absolutely zero chance, percent okay. chance they ever added me to that team. All right, all right. That's what I got so, for you. We'll there. see the announcement later this week and BSJ on the roster and be like, ah, you got us, man. Good job. Dude, <laughs> that would have been the most convincing sell if I was just BSing you the, the whole time. So, the debate. Yeah, I would debate. pat myself on the back if uh, I was just BSing you right now because I'd be imp- if I could BS that well. I feel like I could go places, you know, yeah. I could go, I could go far. You could go far in life. Certainly. If you're that, if you're that good at it. So, all right. Well, yeah, again, not much else to say about the minor again. It starts on Thursday. So it goes through the weekend and then ultimately uh, qualifying for that major spot that uh, 16th major spot that is on the line. And then whichever team qualifies, of course, has to make plans to get to NA quickly. And again, I I go back to from the logistics standpoint, Team Aster specifically, a team that definitely has a shot of winning it from the China region. That is going to be interesting to see if they qualify, and with everything that's going on right now, how that may uh, impact some things. But um, okay, yeah, I, not much else uh, was planned to talk about on the show. I will say, yeah, well, okay, let's see if you you were going to say it. So, what do you there- got? Oh, I think you might be on the same thing. There's just uh, one f- super frickety fresh update today uh, for the casual player or the every Dota player. There's the ranked roles update. Oh, okay. If you didn't see that come out, maybe you're on a different page than me. But I uh, just wanted to touch base on the fact that they removed core and support MMR now. I feel like it was kind of an archaic concept. They, it's kind of like when they added shrines. Now all the things they else they've changed about how matchmaking works, it, you know, it just kind of became a something that was unnecessary and didn't really serve the function that it was trying to do in the first place. So what they basically did was they have one MMR and they are calculating how much of each role you play. Hmm. And if you find a game for a different role, then you are like, you find yourself put in a lower MMR match, but also it like has less impact on your MMR. If you win or lose, it was what I'm kind of so. So there's still ranked roles, right? Yeah. So I'm under the impression okay. it is still ranked roles. But if you like, if it's it, they took your last 100 games and say I've played offlane 90 of my games, it'll take into account that if I'm playing safe lane or hard support, that that is not they're they're trying to make the MMR value one value that overall reflects your skill in Dota. You know, and yeah. um, they're trying. They, I know that's what they've been trying to accomplish. And, you know, this seems like another stab in the dark 
it kind of makes sense what they're doing, you know, trying to make that happen the way they are. But will it work? Not sure. You know, people <laughs> seem to be having to recalibrate. So obviously everyone gets mad about that or whatever. Uh, but I think overall, like the fact that they're clearly giving effort to something like this tells me that they care about the longevity of the game. So yep. that also applies to, you know, what I talked about for next season. Uh, and I just I hope to continue to see this type of effort from them. They're clearly, you know, observant of what's going on and uh, trying to, uh, you know, I like the reverse engineering aspect, you know, what's wrong. What can we take away to remove that and what can we add back to to improve upon it? Uh, and as long as they're doing that with that and they take the same approach to the leagues next year, you know, where they this year they have been kind of doing the whole trial and error of of the rule set for matchmaking as long as they do that for next year with the regional leagues i'm good and i you know i i think this bodes well uh that they keep trying to do this and i always welcome new updates as long as they don't make it so i can't find a game <laughs> that sometimes <laughs> uh is the factor but uh yeah i i i think somebody in chat makes a you know makes a little smiley face saying my skill for between each role is vastly different yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I that's think that's gonna be interesting point. yeah i think it's really annoying to know that you have a guy that on your team for instance that is way higher rank and on a certain role and he's not getting to play that i think mm -hmm. that that does take away from the quality of the games uh not everybody is super versatile and that's kind of okay but the fact is they do detract from the game naturally if they're not able to find their role or whatever or they're trying to what if they're trying to practice a different role you know do they have to get a smurf you know what what are the options there are you telling me that if i'm an ak mid laner i'm supposed to be an ak off laner it's like no you're you're not supposed to be able to do that so the fact that core and support were the kind of like the two you know divisions i think this is even more accurate I, I at some point i said that i thought they might need like an, a unique role mmr but also mm -hmm. you know someone's not supposed to have five mmrs you know that's yeah just that's just too much um, yeah. that's what i meant i'm like i know that's not reasonable but i think they should try to cater in some way to reflect the fact that we are all differently skilled in different roles so i think they did a, i think this is an attempt and i like that they recognize that and this week has been interesting to me just because there's so much on this but there's been no dota so uh in terms of just like updates for the for the next competitive season as well as the as the rank season for all the players uh it's a big week for absolutely nothing to happen yeah that's true uh I, I, am I almost God? It's going three and a half, almost four years, really, of being not to say full time Dota two, but really much more invested in Dota two than I was previous to that. I, I'll say Valve. Th there is one thing that I know about Valve and what they're going to bring to the table is that's they're they are going to bring updates. They they are constantly looking and looking to develop and looking to make updates. There are frustrating times, and there's definitely some patches where you're like, "What the hell are you thinking?" But they do constantly evolve, so I, 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 I'm not surprised to see yet again another change here to try to help out uh, when it comes to matchmaking. But then to, to go a little bit further on that point, I'll say you know you you have your very unique perspective being one of the more top ranked players, especially in the NA region, and obviously a lot of the vocal people out there and streamers and stuff tend to be more of the top ranked players. Man, as a player that's not even three thousand MMR, in most cases I. I 
whenever they make a change like this, I kind of just go with the flow and I hit Q and then I'm, I'm in a game and I just play like I, I a person from from my aspect from from my perspective it doesn't feel like a lot's changing ever when, when they make these changes to matchmaking uh most of the time i mean obviously the introduction of like uh, a, a role matchmaking certainly had impact and that makes it a little more interesting but um i personally never really find it too I don't want to say not too needed, but uh, it's not, not too impactful for at least a player from my perspective. But again, I do understand, especially somebody that has to, you know, wait 20 plus minutes for Q sometimes when some of these patches happened. I certainly uh, could could see why you're more invested into what, what these changes are and what's happening. Yeah, I would just say it primarily affects anybody who plays dota a lot and also cares That's a fair. lot about their rank you know whether no, no matter what rank you are i think if it if you care a lot then these type of changes are important um i think at the end of the day a lot of people just want a system that accurately reflects how good or bad they are at dota you know and uh that's what matters to me about this. Obviously, the queue time is important at the highest level. That's really where that matters. But at the same time, you know, uh, I think the biggest frustration is they had to remove roll queues for um, the highest level. Yeah. Because there just weren't enough people and it was resulting in really imbalanced games or really long queue times. But at the same time, I don't think you can just say, hey, let's go back to the old system. <laughs> you know, like that. that there's a reason why they made a new one. So moving forward for the highest level, which also affects people watching, you know, if you're watching streamers, at least you want the game to be as high a quality as possible. That I agree. Yeah. Um, I would say that what I'm hoping for is that say I'm 8,000 and I'm an offlane player that if I'm not allowed to rank roll queue, which is fine. And you put me in a game, like I'd rather you assign me a role and, if I'm support, if I'm forced to play hard support, that it calculates me as a 7.2k, you know, or whatever, it, that it calculates me in a way that it inserts into a game balanced on the fact that it thinks I'm bad at support or whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I'm just giving an example. But what I'm basically trying to say is, I hope to some extent that the system is almost taking these really high ranked players and giving them effectively five MMRs as they're going into the game, meaning that we see one, right? You know, we see our number that represents our skill level. But when the game is finding something for me, you know, it's telling me you're going to play hard support this game. That game is found off the average that I am not as good as yeah. I am at offline. Like That's range. what I'm hoping for. I think that'll be better reflected games. I think a lot of streamers complain about, you know, say someone like CCNC gets a guy on his team that's ranked 50, but he only plays mid. You know, he literally only plays mid. And if CCNC takes mid from him, the guy might as well be 6K, you know. Um, so it's like hmm. uh, there has to be some sort of way to alleviate that. Um, so I hope that's what they end up doing. So we'll see. So the what I was going to bring up, uh, so it's kind of funny. I actually had something else there. Um, but I guess so. one, one last uh, topic before really wrapping up, and not a long one here necessarily, but BTS, uh, Beyond the Summit. The Summit, Dota Summit 12, was just officially announced earlier today. Uh, Loot.bet Dota Summit 12 is what it's officially being called. And get this, it's actually March 10th through the 13th. So it's going to start on Tuesday of next week. And it's finishing on the Friday. 
of that week. So the finals will actually be on a Friday. So it's not even going to go into the weekend, which is already kind of a unique concept in itself. But you figure, you know, why they're doing this is you got the teams that are traveling to LA likely will be in LA already at that point, boot camping, getting ready for the major. And I'm sure that's part of it. Uh, according to the video that they launched, there's going to be six teams. Um, they didn't announce any teams yet. So we'll see. You assume that it's going to be six teams from the major because of how this is shaping up, but that's, uh, that's exciting. So by the time our next podcast comes around next week, we'll have, uh, we'll have that to preview with more information. For sure. No, that sounds uh, like it's a good idea. Why not? All the free, all the good teams that normally wouldn't want to travel to LA just to go to a summit are going to be there. So why not? It's a smart play by them. Yeah. Very smart. Taking advantage of that. Uh, you know, good, uh, good for them. And, Everyone knows they always run great events, not only for the spectators, but for the players especially. They certainly enjoy playing at those. So, hey, get, get some good uh, practice. We'll see if we have a VP situation where one of the teams just like randoms every hero and uh, see how far they get in that case, winning the whole thing. But um, preparing for the major, you would hope that the teams will take it a little more seriously. But, again, it's cool that we have that uh, content coming at least. Um, all right. I think that's uh, that's pretty much it, though, unless you got anything else uh you want to talk about BSJ? No, that's uh, that's good for me this week. Uh, right. Next week, uh, we'll. I guess we'll have to figure out what exactly is going on because I think we'll be right in the middle of the summit with, within the if that's based on the dates, right? Well, so it starts the tenth. So oh, it, it starts the tenth. So, so we'll be previewing okay. exactly the day before it starts. Cool. It'll be perfect, actually. Sweet. Our... So we'll get to see the minor results, and then we'll get to preview going into the next step. Cool. Uh, that's a that's actually a nice little date for how that works out. So I look forward to talking about next week, and uh, I also look forward to giving a brief update then about my experience with this new MMR system. So that's going to be <laughs> what my next week encompasses, and I'm sure a lot of the people who are listening to this, whether or not it's today or you know sometime between now and the next podcast, uh, I'm sure they'll. A lot can possibly change in a short time about that kind of thing. So look forward to that developing from my streamer side. And uh, it's going to be a fun week of Dota, at least fresh, even if it's miserable. <laughs> it will, it'll, be, it'll be somewhat good. It's not going to be all miserable. Yeah. It's going to be some it'll good It'll keep matches. it interesting. Let's, let's, leave it at, let's leave it at that. We'll see what Star Letter brings to the table with production as well. I'm sure they'll be solid. So, yeah, it should, should be a fun week of Dota into next week. We'll see you guys next week. Once again, BSJ joining myself, Breaky CPK. Thanks again to Tsunami for last week for uh, helping us out as well as the, uh, the host there stepping in my shoes. So uh, see you guys next week. Have a good night. We'll see you then.